I'm your host, Aaron Groves, and welcome to the Pop Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Pop Podcast. Happy Monday if you're listening this on Monday or whatever day of the week you are tuning in. I know I'm switching up the intro on you all a little bit, but I wanted to A, take your feedback from my Instagram page if you're not following me at Pop with Aaron to give you a little bit of a quick intro to who the guests are each week. My thought process for changing the intro was just A, I wanted to kind of switch up the energy on the episodes and B, I wanted to make it as organic and authentic as possible. As you can hear from the conversations every week, we really go deep into a lot of the professional and personal things that each entrepreneur and guest I have on the podcast goes through. And so I wanted to organically lead into the podcast that way. So from here on out, I'll be doing just a brief intro of each of the guests. So you know who you are listening to and you are geared up and ready for the episode. Without further ado, I am super excited and had the pleasure of sitting down with the CEO and founder of Apre Beauty or Apre Active Beauty, Lexi Hankson. And you all, she is an incredible human being. And this conversation I left after with just a sense of relief. She was speaking so many things that I personally, as a young entrepreneur, needed to hear. And I know that there's someone out there listening that needed to hear this as well. A little bit about Lexi. She is the daughter of an Olympian, which I think is super incredible. And although I don't want to identify how as that there's a lot of lessons that she learned from watching her dad be at a stage and a level that big as well as dealing with the media and all the side effects that come along with that we talk a little bit about trusting yourself throughout the process and really listening to that inner voice and that gut instinct in business and personally We talk a lot about not forcing things in life and the consequences that come when you force an idea or force an event to happen instead of just letting it fall into place when it is meant to be. So this episode is jam-packed for all my entrepreneurs out there looking for a little inspiration as well as those who are just looking to listen to a very self-aware, confident, and well-spoken human being who has an amazing head on her shoulders and has a lot to share with you. So I will stop talking and let's get right into the episode. I saw that you were a daughter of an Olympian who... uh, My my father, yes. What sport? So he ran track and field for the German um, national team in 1984 and competed with, um, you know, Daley Thompson. He ran track with Bruce Jenner. Um, now known as Caitlyn Jenner. And um, yeah, that's really kind of where everything started for me was, um, you know, looking up to him and being in that sports world. And I would wear, um, you know, little Adidas track pants probably throughout my my young childhood, all the way throughout my young adulthood. Um, but I think, you know, being the daughter of an Olympian, you really see someone's drive and their yeah. like tenacity to be committed to something that they love so much and um you know track and field is you know as they call it like the gladiator sports just such an intense um you know physical 
competing activity. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, it was just really like always admired by him. He was such a, he is such a superstar, rock star. And, um, you know, just like loved looking up to him in that way. How, looking back, how do you feel that's impacted you the most? Do you feel like it's the drive and the tenacity? Are there certain life lessons that you feel you watched him go through that shaped you and the person that you are today? Totally. I mean, I think seeing someone on an Olympic level, the level of competition is so hard. And I feel like you're always being kind of compared to and you go through so many different challenges of, you know, your own self-worth and, you know, how the press is going to perceive you and you know you just kind of are always put on this pedestal of for everybody to judge you and um you know I very quickly realized that you know I'm not a competitive person I'm very much like a a team player in the sense that you know I don't need to win I don't have that sense of like I think everyone should be able to win and I think I saw because my dad was put under such a microscope and there was so much pressure there that I just really never wanted that for myself. I wanted to be able to feel like, you know what, there's room for everybody and, you know, everything was going to work out the way it's meant to Um, because I think that there's just, for example, like my dad had a couple of like false starts in his competing, you know, Olympic career and that was a big fault of his and they really really were so tough on him for years even we know after my sister and I were born we'd be walking Mm -hmm. on the street and they would be very judgmental to him and so I just you know I think that there's no need for negativity and there's always room to be able to better yourself and um yeah so the irony of you saying that I just talked about that in uh, last week's or this week's episode and we had that similar mindset because I think in sports and I've always was in sports my whole life and that's just my drive like now I'm a runner but sports teaches you that there's only one winner mm-hmm. and I think the difference between that and business is that there can be a lot of winners and you see that a lot and I've made some really good friends like in this Dallas entrepreneurial community that you really see that like rising tide lifts all boats mentality which you just touched on how do you think that experience and seeing him do you feel that there's a still a part of that in you like this I want to win mentality but how do you balance the two because I think as an entrepreneur you have to have that drive but at the same time not letting that degrade the people around you and kind of be a little narcissistic in a sense. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I mean, being an entrepreneur, there is definitely an element of having to be selfish and having to put yourself first and your business first. And, you know, going after that kind of common goal and setting that goal for yourself is so incredibly important. Um, So I think that the way that I balance it is, is that I have very much a never give up mentality. And that's like really where my kind of competitive drive will come into. And if I set a goal for myself, I'm going to damn well make sure that that goal happens and in any way that I can. Um, And so I think that was very much something that he brought into my life as well as my grandfather, who was a golf coach. And he had that as was kind of his words to live by is never give up, no matter how hard it is, no matter how early you have to wake up and how many times you're having to peel yourself off of the floor when you're, you know, sobbing, crying. If this is what you want, this is what's meant to be. And, you know, it will be. It's easy to identify with a sport. 
or identify with the success or a business, how have you found yourself? And maybe this is something that you're still working on, not identifying yourself with a brand. And maybe this is something that your dad taught you because you see a lot of athletes, they build this huge level. And then it's like, what's life after that? You see a lot of them go through kind of a reality check of like, who am I? Do you feel that that's something that you maybe witnessed him experience after his career was over that you could share with the audience and give advice on? So it's really funny. There are many interviews that you can find online of my dad always talking about, you know, he was at one point one of the greatest athletes of all time. And um, he always said, like, there's life after this. You know, I I love what I do, but it's not everything. And he, he went into many different avenues after his career, whether it was in renewable energy or other charity work or, um, you know, sports commentating, whatever it may have been. He realized that his identity had to evolve past his career and past his, you know, staple and small mark that he made on the, you know, fitness and sports community at that time. So I think with me, you know, I had so many different kind of pockets of inspiration that led me to be an entrepreneur. And I, from a very young age, knew that this was going to be my path. I think it was just a very interesting way of kind of how I got here. But um, I think surrounding yourself with activities and communities and like-minded people and always having the open mind of saying, you know, I never know what's behind that door. You are going to say yes to everything, do as many internships, do as many kind of take as take every opportunity with with a grain of salt and be really honestly eager to learn. One thousand percent. You hit the nail on the head. I think I used to be closed minded and I thought I knew everything and I thought it would stem from control, which I now recognize. But as I've gotten older, it's the opportunities that you think you're like, I don't, I don't want to say the SDS, I'm too good. Whatever the ego inside of you is saying, that's the door that leads you down the path that you never thought was possible. And you touch a little bit on how your story was interesting, but you knew from an early age. You're one of the few people that I feel like have known from an early age. Why do you feel that's true? So I, um, you know, I, my, I have an older sister and being, you know, one of two girls, I, my sister was very athletic. She was like the sports, she did track, she did volleyball. I remember I was on like the AYSO little soccer team and the soccer ball came up to me and then I saw this gorgeous big flower (laughs) and instead of kicking the ball I went to the flower and my mom was like oh okay well (laughs) we know how that's gonna go so I was very I have very young age I was just way more creative yeah Um, I loved to dance I was a ballerina and then moved into horseback riding cheer that whole kind of thing but I was just um, I loved being around the creative process. Mm-hmm. And so um, my parents put me into modeling at a really young age. You know, I was probably about six or seven. And being around, the, you know, fashion and seeing, you know, the way that a garment can move or different colors and, you know, having just kind of a sensory overload was really where I saw, okay, there's there's more to this here for yeah. me. You know, what is that going to be? I know I'm not going to be this, you know, next Olympian. I'm also not going to be this, you know, crazy scientist scholar. I need to find kind of my own path. And I just feel like I, I was very confident as a young person. And as a young adult, I, that has kind of transpired into I am who I am today. And um, so, yeah, I think I definitely just knew, okay, like, you know, you're grabbing for that dandelion, like let's hone into that creativity. An interesting path. Start from the beginning with a journey to Opry Beauty. 
So what were the initial, I know you're super obviously had a background, your dad in sports and athletic, which is mm-hmm. right up my alley. So how did you bring that background along with your love for beauty and creative to create something that's now in free people, which congratulations, that's amazing. So I know that much. just announced. I am oh actually gosh. wearing free people because I knew <laughs> that you, and that is amazing. I saw that and I was like, that's a, a dream come true. Oh my gosh, it's a massive dream come true. And I'll get into how like, there are, I mean, even just this morning, I woke up to like check that it still was there. Um, it's just a crazy experience. But yeah, so how I got into it um, was, you know, being from an athletic background, I was always just fascinated by, you know, just the athletic space in general. And I remember my dad having just these huge, big gym bags and like there would just be so many different things in his gym bag. And, um, you know, he would have his towels and his products and, you know, everything in between. So, and um, he was sponsored by Adidas for many, many years. And so there was always just very different variations of his kind of gym bag that I remember being like, that's just so cool. Like I want one of my own one day. And then um, it actually ended up being that, you know, I'd worked in fashion for a long time. I was modeling. I had been an intern. I worked in showrooms. And um, a lot of times I'd be on the go um, and I wouldn't have time to bring, you know, my all of my 12-step makeup routine or, you know, I'd only be able to kind of pick and choose. Otherwise, I'd be weighed down by way too many products. And so I really found that there was a white space in the market for easy-to-use functional skincare and accessories that just didn't take up a ton of space but also kind of gave you gave you the, you know, necessary tools to make you feel refreshed and glowy and the kind of glazed donut look that we as women, like, want to feel yeah. good at all times. Um, so it actually ended up being my college thesis project. Apre Beauty was. So yeah, it was called something different at the time. And um, I, you know, in my last final year of college, I went to the University of Amsterdam and studied fashion business there. And I, you know, they said, look, you've got to create a product and you've got to create a brand behind this and kind of, you know, make your business plan and, you know, let's bring this as much to life as we can. And I, you know, really took that as a very literal chance for me to say, look, this is an opportunity for me to really make something. And um, so I, you know, I did. I kind of created the full kind of product skew line, created my business plan. And I remember I presented it and I there was someone that had been watching in the audience that thought this was a great idea and came up to me and was like, how can we make this happen? You know, I love this. This is so innovative. Nothing like this has been done before. Um, you know, let's let's get this started. And I remember being so naive and I was like, no, actually, like, I think I want to work in the industry. Like, I worked all these years to get a cool job in either fashion and in beauty, and I'm not quite ready to take those steps yet. Yeah. So, um, but I'm so grateful for have had, have had a school that, you know, mm-hmm. pushed entrepreneurship onto us at such a young um, age. And you know, it really got me in the mindset of thinking that this could be a real life thing. Um, and for it to now be a physical product is pretty mind blowing. So. so you originally after college, so you originally said no, like, hey, this isn't something that I'm going to pursue. When did that light switch flip back to on? Let's press gas and really launch this thing into the universe. Yeah. So I um, ended up moving 
back from Europe to Los Angeles and um, worked in fashion and beauty. Um, my last job before Apre was I was the creative director for Playa Hair Care as a hair care brand that was based in Sephora and sold in Mecca Beauty and Revolve and kind of all of those key major retailers. Yeah. <clears throat> and um, that experience really got me prepared to to start my own business. And so, you know, I learned everything from the manufacturing side to handling influencer to understanding what it what it takes to bring a product to market from conceptualizing it to actually bringing it to life to photo shooting it to, you know, just everything that requires mm-hmm. bringing a product from your head to a piece of paper to a line sheet to everything else. So um, during COVID, they ended up liquidating our LA team and moved everybody over to the East that was in the East Coast. They kind of kept that team there. And it was a very much an aha moment for me. I knew that, you know, the world had shut down. I wasn't going to get the job that I needed, you know, right then and now because the world just stopped. So literally, I think three days after lockdown, I started calling influ- or, um, manufacturing contacts. And I just started kind of conceptualizing with one of my best friends who's a graphic designer. And I said, I have this crazy idea. I mean, I've already come up with it. I know yeah. what I want to do. I know what I want it to be named. Um, and I know the products that I want. So let's kind of get some things on paper. Let's play around with colors. Let's play around with packaging. I called a couple manufacturers. You know, it was one step in front of the other kind of thinking, okay, like maybe this could be a thing. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden I started receiving samples and it just turned into the snowball effect of you know, okay, we're starting a business. I'm, you know, about to have this child of building APRE. And um, it was, you know, just one of the most rewarding experiences because during COVID was such an, you know, scary and untrying time. And me being from both countries is very difficult for me. I have half my family living in Europe and I have half my family living in the States and I was stuck in the States at the time. And my sister had just had a baby. So I'm like trying to get on the first flight out to Europe. And, you know, during that time, I'm, you know, really kind of plugging my time with building APRE and kind of doubling down on this vision and, you know, not knowing what the capabilities were of this and, you know, what product would be the first one that I really wanted to kind of you know, hit the ground running with. And, you know, with that obviously comes a ton of challenges, but I feel really grateful that I was ultimately given the time to take that time to to actually, you know, bring something like that to life. Because I think, you know, now that we're kind of back into our everyday day to day, it's really hard for you to actually say, you know what, no, I'm going to take two or three hours out of my day and do more research and build a Pinterest board and, you know, look at ingredients and, you know, source sustainable packaging. I mean, there's just so much that goes into it. So I Mm -hmm. think, you know, I'm so grateful that, you know, COVID gave me APRE. You mentioned, I'm going to break this apart a little bit because you touch on a lot of good things in there. You mentioned a lot of hard skills that you learned. And I think you, and you probably agree with this, like looking back, the decision to go into and go to LA and not pursue it, I think taught you a lot about and led you down the the road that you're now what are some soft skills that you feel you learned about entrepreneurship through those jobs that you don't feel you would have had if you did not work in the beauty industry um having a ton of patience i think that it's very easy to 
think of something and just say, okay, we're going to do it. Or, you know, how are we going to get the money to do this? But actually having patience and understanding that you have to trust the process and not everything is going to happen to you overnight. And honestly, if it does happen to you overnight, that shouldn't feel right. It should feel like you should have some obstacles because it feels like you're kind of growing with the brand. And I think that that is so important. And also leadership skills and understanding, you know, what are, what are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? Um, you know, by no means am I a jack of all trades. And I think there are a lot of elements that I quickly had to say, okay, these are some of my weaknesses. How can I outsource these certain specific areas to bring somebody in to help me kind of conceptualize this and bring it to life? Um, and really, you know, trusting your gut and understanding that, you know, not everybody is always out for your own best interest mm-hmm. and understanding that you really have to kind of, um, you know, no one's going to have your back more than yourself and to really trust yourself. And, you know, it's it's a very lonely path. Mm-hmm. Entrepreneurship is not easy. Um, and, you know, a lot of times, you know, some of even my best girlfriends who I love and they've supported me in so many ways, but you feel a little isolated from mm-hmm. them, right? You feel like you've, you're going down a completely different path. Like you can't kind of chat and have a glass mm-hmm. of wine about the regular nine to five or, you know, my coworker said this and they did that. It's a totally different game. I mean, it really is just a totally different game. And I think you just, once you've taken that dip down that road, you know, your life changes forever. Everything you just said resonates so much with my story. And I think the biggest piece that you touch on, and I've heard this a lot about loneliness, I think I'm naturally a very introverted person. So I, I do well alone. I thrive alone. That's where I recharge. But I think the hardest part is feeling mentally alone because mm-hmm. there's not a lot of people that are going out doing what you're doing. And it's yeah. not in a way, and I've said this before on this podcast, like it's not in a way that they're not or that I'm better or that they're lower. It's not in a one is better than the other, but you're just doing things differently. You're sacrificing things differently. You're have to be more disciplined and you hit the nail on the head like it's hard to have conversation when it's just two completely different worlds and I think you can never go back and I told my boss this like once my eyes really got opened up to the corporate world and how much it was not for me I literally could never go back and I'm just someone that always stands up for what I believe in and that's been my biggest challenge it's like once your eyes are peeled it's I'm like you can't there's no blinders that can get back on (laughs) I get that totally and you touched on patience. What advice would you give someone on being patient? What do you do in your own life to be patient and trust the process? Because I think being an entrepreneur, you're already a Mm go-getter. And I'm speaking to myself, like it's hard for me to truly be patient sometimes Mm -hmm. when I want something so badly. Right. I think the best thing, the best piece of advice I could give about patience is, I think to my to my point earlier is like really having to trust the process as if there's no other like way because if you force something it's going to go the wrong way mm-hmm. and I feel like there's so many way there are so many instances early on in my business where I, I either wanted to force something so quickly or even in my career prior to that I wanted to grow I wanted to get promoted I wanted to you know I wanted to be the next step um, above that. And I think that got in my way that I wasn't patient. And then I didn't actually just actually take a step back, observe more, take it all in, and then go at it from a little bit more of a calmer perspective. I'm definitely one of those people that have ADD. And I, like, even (laughs) yesterday, I mean, I, like, posted the stuff about free people way too early because I was like, you know what? I just want to get it out there. But, you know, there was, like, a mistake or whatever it may have been. But that's something that you're kind of always – that I'm always battling with is is 
is that, but I, I definitely think that patience in life is just so important. It's a hard balance. And I ask that question a lot because I think when you have this goal in mind, you're laser focus that's how i am and like michael tell you something like if i have something i'm going to achieve it it's just a matter of when i've been like this my whole life like a running pace i I want it done four weeks earlier yeah but at the same time to your point when you're trusting the process there's it's things that we can't see yet and when you're forcing something it's like you just ran into an issue that if you would have just waited yes two days i know for this to blow over you wouldn't be going and so i think that's kind of been as like to your point like when you make so many mistakes you're like okay at this point, I only can trust the process because mm-hmm. I'm only doing myself more damage. Yes. That is not worth the mental. Right. I mean, and to your point, like just the mental health is such an important piece of entrepreneurship. And, you know, how do you manage that? And how do you manage that isolation that you're already kind of naturally putting yourself into? And, um, you know, it is it's a very hard space to be in like you have to be so mentally strong and by no means am I mentally strong every day I'm mentally strong maybe one day out of all the days but one day is going to be ended up being two days and it's going to be end up being three days but it's just kind of thinking of it as like a big mountain and I'm continuing to just add like pebble after pebble after pebble to make myself feel like you know what I continue have to got this like I have you almost have to feel like you praise yourself and I definitely feel like I've experienced imposter syndrome Mm. throughout all of this i mean apri hasn't even been a year and we have achieved so many incredible things but i'll still go home at night and be like oh my gosh is my business gonna fail you know and it's just a really mental health for me has just been kind of an eye-opening experience by going through this and kind of going through this alone and trying to figure out and navigate you know who i am and my relationship with myself has been so much more important than ever before I heard this and I'm, I don't, I'm not going to say this right, but it was like the three qualities of like super successful people. One of them was like, they think that they're better than everyone. There's a superiority complex. And at the same time, there's like this raging insecurity. And I think sometimes that imposter syndrome is what drives you. Mm-hmm. And that's like, it's this sense of urgency. Like, is it going to fail? Is this not going to happen? And that's why I'm like, you wake up every day. But at the same time, it's it's balancing that. And that's probably what you're alluding to with mental health. And this is something that I think meditation has done a lot for me. It's like, not letting that dictate all my emotions, like not letting those fear-based whatever's going on in my life to negatively affect me. But at the same time, I think it does drive you. And it's like, you've done so much probably because there's that thing inside of you and that fire inside of you that's like, you have to go out there and you have to do this. And I'm not saying it's good or bad, but I think there's a lot of entrepreneurs, I mean, I've sat across from them that say that exact same thing. Like, I don't it's kind of hard to explain almost yeah. like I'm trying to explain it. And I'm like, I don't know if I'm doing a good job, but it's just this thing inside of you. That's like, I have to do this. I have to do this. It's right. kind of like a bear chasing you. Yes. You're like, there's no bear. There's no shark. Like, there's nothing behind me. I constantly feel like I'm running <laughs> constantly. <laughs> what are things that you do for your own mental health? If you're having a day that isn't going your direction or even on the flip side, I think the days that are going your direction are the yeah. most important times to hunker down. I mean, I think the biggest thing for me is movement. I need to move my body in some sort of way. Um, it's interesting. I think, you know, I was definitely somebody that, you know, needed like a lot of high intensity movement early on. And now I'm much more, I'm much softer and I'll do a ton of yoga. I love like a heated workout where, um, you know, the lights are low and there is a, cl- I go to class studios and oh, yeah. I mean, there is times where 
I sob at the end of that class because I'm just exhausted emotionally and they hold such an amazing and soft space for me mm-hmm. there. And, you know, Paige, one of the owners is just so incredible. And like, she'll just kind of know and nod, be like, yep, it's one of those days, you know? And so I love to move my body and I also love to cook. I think that's for me a, a, a great space of outlet. I think I love, it's very similar to kind of the way I created upright. It's kind of like adding a little bit of seasoning, adding a little spice, seeing how it tastes out, seeing how it turns out. Sometimes they don't taste great. Sometimes they taste phenomenal. But yeah. that's the kind of the game of life. But I think those two things really kind of help ground me. And then um, I actually have been getting more into like breath work and mm. um, the guided meditation I did work with someone here locally in Dallas, and it had really changed my life. She came into my life right before I launched and kind of broke me out of a certain space that I wasn't even aware that I was in. And I think kind of understanding how important your breath is to your life Mm -hmm. and how you can ultimately kind of control and, and lower your anxiety levels by just breathing in a specific way. So those are kind of ways that have really helped me and I'm still trying, you know. <laughs> we'll see. Maybe I'll get into knitting or something. <laughs> <laughs> My mom loves knitting. Oh, dear. She has way too much knitting. But I was like, here she goes. Meditation has completely transformed my life. And I think the biggest and the reason I do it in the morning is because I'm not reactive the rest of the day. I feel like the day everything is thrown at you. But when I'm sitting there with my breath, it allows me to ground myself before kind of walking into like a line of fire. So Mm -hmm. I, I just started doing breath work actually after I had someone on the podcast and she, I did it with her and it was like an out of body experience. It I never felt so grounded yeah. and just brought back to center. And I had so many clear thoughts on things that I needed to do and where yeah. I needed to go, which was wild. It's you touched so on good. something a little bit earlier that said the entrepreneurship is super rewarding. I mm-hmm. want you to elaborate a little bit more on what you mean by rewarding. Well, I mean, I think working for you know yourself is it's a little bit of like a catch-22 of course you're your biggest critic you're your own boss you're you know everything in between but seeing very much your child in my mind that apri feels like a toddler that's running yeah. around that runs my life <laughs> um seeing you know her grow into something that i created in my mind and and has exceeded my wildest expectations of out of just you know 10 months old is is the most rewarding feeling i've probably ever had in my life i like i said I, i'm not a very competitive person i'm a very you know, like I said, just everybody, there's room for everyone, but there is nothing like seeing, you know, your brand grow to a level that is just above your wildest dreams. So I'm extremely grateful and just cannot wait to see what she does next. It's wild to think that in 10 months, your vision has probably exceeded a lot of what you thought is possible. And one, something that I learned earlier is a lot of people like, you don't dream big enough. What advice would you give for young entrepreneurs out there that have this creative idea roaming in their brain or they're starting to journal or take the steps to Mm -hmm. launch their baby Mm -hmm. on embarking on that journey and not letting the fear of failure, whatever that fear is stopping them from going for it? I say do it. Do it like (laughs) right now. Do it yesterday. Do it just 
start somewhere. Just it's it's really just starting somewhere. Whether it's creating a Pinterest board and co- compilating your ideas, or writing down, you know, how you would like your brand to sound or to say, or what it's going to look like and what it's going to feel like. I think that the biggest, you know, fear of everyone's is, well, I, I don't know that I can do this full time, or I don't know that this is ever going to work out, or this sounds like a great idea, but like. I don't think I have the guts to do it. Mm -hmm. And I think it's that relationship, you know, that we spoke about earlier with yourself. You're really getting into, into business with yourself and you have to double down on who you are as a person. And I think ultimately um, there's no one that's going to tell you you're ready. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's just going to happen and you have to allow it to happen. Cause I think a lot of times we get in our own way of life and um, you know, it's really important to just say, you know, I, I'm worthy of this. Yeah. I'm worthy of taking this next step or this next chance. And, you know, also, also failure is the beautiful thing. You know, if it doesn't work out, that's okay. I mean, you're doing it. How proud of you that you even got up and called someone to say, hey, can I, you know, get some information about A, B, or C? I mean, that's already such a massive step. And, you know, I think just any step in that direction, you should be proud of. What's the biggest thing that you've learned about yourself over the last 10 months? Oh, that's a good one. Um, the biggest thing I've learned about myself is uh, it's okay to cry. <laughs> um, I think it's it's giving myself a break, um, allowing myself to feel vulnerable and be emotional, and um, you know, understanding that that it's going to be okay, and that I can kind of get through that next step. I think um, I'm learning about. It's funny. I feel like sometimes you're as an entrepreneur as an entrepreneur your mind is split in some ways. Like I'm very very creative, but I also have to run, you know, the operational side of things and I think they both talk to each other and I'm trying to find a, you know, just a better way to communicate with myself and allowing myself to kind of take a break and take a step back and allow myself to recharge because that will actually ultimately allow my brand and myself to be to be better. Is there a certain point looking back that you feel really taught you that lesson that you feel that you would share that could help other people who are maybe going through something similar? Oh, I always say like, learn from mistakes that I've made. I've Mm -hmm. made a lot of them in my life and I share a lot of them because I think mentors have saved me years. Uh, But yeah, is there a certain point that you are an event that happened that you feel kind of gave you that perspective? Um, Yeah, I think... Just there was in the very beginning of my business, I had a ton of production issues and there was just so much that was out of my control. And I think, um, you know, um, my sister, who is also an entrepreneur, she said to me, you know, just do this because it makes you happy, you know, not because of anybody else or any, you don't have to prove to anybody else that this is, you know, the way you have to go or this has to be this Fortune 500 company or or whatever it is. Do this because this makes you happy and follow your dream in the sense that like you ultimately have control and you have the ability to design your own life. I mean, I think sometimes we forget that we ultimately are the architects of our life and we can put, you know, places and things into place to, you know, get us to a point that, you know, you're ultimately very proud of. And so, you know, my advice is, is honestly ask for help, um, ask for a lot of advice. And my advice is, is surround yourself with people who want to cheer you on Mm -hmm. and who want to see you succeed. 
because there's going to be a lot of people that says, oh, that's a stupid idea or that's an oversaturated market Mm -hmm. or, you know, it's bad financial times or whatever it may be. Um, And I think you really just have to be someone who's like, shit, I got this. Like, I'm going to drown out the noise. I'm going to put one foot in front of the other and I'm going to build my dream. That's actually ironic that you said that because I one of my questions, which I think is super important, is that you hear every... I heard this before going into podcasting. It's saturated. There's already people doing it. Newsflash, there's people doing everything. everything. I mean, Jeff, Jeff Bezos was reselling books. Guys, books have been around for forever. Right. I think you're right on some things that there are markets that are oversaturated. How have you personally overcome that and not letting that get in the way of your success? And at the same time, allow you to be unique in this space because mm-hmm. I think you are very mm-hmm. unique and that's what's going to make you different. But mm-hmm. I think some people allow the saturation to, to freak them out. Freak them out. And also yeah. at the same time, they start copying other people when mm-hmm. in reality, it's like if you're going to go saturated, you have to be unique and you have to be different. Right. I mean, I think that, I mean, like like I said, I think having a, any sort of a product-based business or, you know, something that is just commonly done, it's you, um, the difference between creating a product and creating a brand are two different things. Like you really, I'm creating a lifestyle, I'm, I'm creating a, a, an identity behind what it means to be APRE. And I think that when you know who your target audience is and what you want out of it and the drive and the story that you're really willing to tell and that, um, that kind of takes a life of its own that that really then forms into something that ultimately you have created and um, sure have other people done products that I've created absolutely but it's how I'm explaining the story and how I'm mm-hmm. being able to differentiate my products versus something that you're going to buy you know at a CVS or Target is that you're ultimately buying into us as a brand and wanting to be a part of our community what does it mean to be Opry? I didn't ask about the name, but you <laughs> kind of just brought it up. So I want you so, to share it with us. So apre means apre. after in French. <laughs> I got to get this right. <laughs> so it means after in French okay. um, and after active beauty is the whole kind of concept behind our brand. So everything that you want to use pre post workout, you know, while you're on the go, while you're traveling. So what it means to be apre, it means to be um, fresh, bold, buzzing, innovative, and badass. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. <laughs> That's, I, I'm always curious where people get the name from because there's always a why behind it. And that why is always the story. Yeah. And I don't know if you are familiar with Jill Berger, but I remember when she explained the why behind her business, I could tell that something like left her energetically mm-hmm. and you just light up. And I it's important for people to recognize that most entrepreneurs that are, it's a passion fueled business. There's a bigger why behind it. And yeah. this baby and this product or this brand is really just a culmination of everything that they've gone through in their yeah. life thrown out in whatever you're purchasing. It's so true. I mean, I feel like, you know, with, with APRE, I wanted to create something that ultimately, I mean, selfishly that I loved using, right? Because if you don't love your own products, then that's just not going to be a good start to that. But I, you know, for me, the the ideology behind the Cool and Glow Towelette, which is my very first product, is that I was on the go. And I was, you know, a lot of times I would get home at midnight, one o'clock from work, and I wouldn't have time or I just was so tired. I couldn't wash my face. And I would use face wipes and, you know, my sister and I were just enamored with this one product that, you know, they had in Germany when we were growing up. When I moved back to the States, my sister would send me like 
crates of this product. <laughs> I like I even wrote them the company letter at one point. I was like, I need this in the US and I don't think it ever got anywhere. But um so when I was developing the cool and glow towelette, you know, understanding the sustainability aspect of you know, a face wipe and, you know, seeing how much of an impact that does have on, on an environmental aspect. Um, I really wanted to create a sustainable, but yet really cool, badass on the go skincare product. And it took me about a hundred samples wow. and um, a lot of different materials, but we finally landed on the best product. And then it just kind of evolved into, you know, we need to have like, what else are you going to use? Like when you're at a hotel room and you're pressed for time, like, let's get a good workout, like a little booty board workout in like let's get some resistance bands that you can use on your arms on your legs yeah. um let's keep them within our brand colors and just make this kind of all-encompassing gym bag gym care essential line and um it's it's just incredible to see it now in real from your brain to equinox and then we're going to jump to free people how did that come to fruition what was the why behind going into equinox well i mean what's crazy about equinox is that i was a member before covid my boyfriend and i were living in la and we were like let's splurge and get the nice membership because we don't have that great of an apartment and we love a steam shower and like let's you know let's do this Go we're going to be it. like these active <laughs> people which we are you know but yeah. we really wanted that and so we signed up probably like six months months before COVID and we we're like we're loving just all of the amenities that come with yeah. being an Equinox member it's truly so luxurious <laughs> and so you know I was you know at my job and you know still loving my products and kind of innovating and, and wanting to see where that night kind of next step would be I always knew at my last job like the next step would be hopefully to own my own business and um, so I would go a lot of times to Equinox just to use their spa products because I would be like oh like I had lunch like let's go take a steam and they have these cold ice ice cold eucalyptus towels and I was obsessed with them I don't know what essential oil they put in them but yeah. I was just enamored with it um, and so I was, I was laying in a hot yoga class at their Culver City studio, and I was like, how cool would it be if I could make this feeling in a product that I could use every single day at home? And that was ultimately the inspiration behind my first product is that I wanted the Equinox feeling in a pack, in a towelette, on the go. And that's how the Cool and Glow towelette was born. Wow. Yeah. And now you're in, are you in all of the stores? So for people so out there we're listening. On, so we're on either e-com, but I'm trying okay. desperately. So I'm actually, we're working with their team to try and kind of see where we can go into like their top stores. Yeah. Um, but that, so to, for them to, you know, see our brand and to take some sort of interest to it after having such a personal story with their facility and then with their products was just so crazy for me because I mean I remember when I got on the sales call I was like I don't want to have a fangirl moment but I'm gonna have a fangirl moment and yeah I'm like I had told them right away I was like this is just so major for me I don't even think you understand like this product is inspired by your company um and they thought that was great I'm you know obviously so grateful and we're doing really great on their site yeah. so yeah we're available at equinox.com so all their members get exclusive perks and they're able to shop with us directly and um also people that just you know want to see that's what products are on equinox and it's a big honor there's not a ton of um you know beauty and fitness accessories on that platform. They're very, very selective. So for us to be included is just yeah. major. I'm very, very grateful. It goes back to what you said at the beginning of trusting the process. It's not, I, yeah. I don't think it's ironic that what inspired your product in uh, achieving your dream 
came to fruition. So that's awesome. I love Equinox. Two of my best friends um, before they moved were obsessed with Equinox and they would go every single day and rave about it. (laughs) I've only been once, so I can't, uh, but obviously that's where you can find you. Free people. That is amazing. I am. Obs- I think whatever they're doing, especially on the athleisure line, I'm obsessed. Mm. All yeah. of their free people movement stuff is incredible. H- how did that happen? So I started showing the brand and from a wholesale space and wholesale wholesale. Oh my gosh, say that 10 times fast. Wholesale <laughs> perspective. Um, I started uh, presenting the brand in March. And so what I did is I started, um, you know, showcasing at trade shows and kind of trying to see what the responses would be and how I could kind of get my foot into door to getting in front of, at that time, small buyers and then hopefully the big fish, right? That's your goal yeah. in, in putting yourself into that type of um, environment. So I met a woman who... Um, ultimately became my mentor. She just completely changed my life. She met me at one of these shows and it was my very first show. I was actually here in Dallas and I was at this big display and I was so excited and I actually had no idea like what I was doing. (laughs) She was like, oh, do you have a line sheet? And I was like, what? And they were like, oh yeah. So the people would come up and write orders with me and I was just like totally doing it on the fly thinking, okay, I got this. So, She kind of was like, okay, like, let's let's help this girl out here. And so she said, you know, um, she owns a clothing company She's run a clothing business, whether it's from, you know, cashmere sweaters to cover-ups to, you know, anything and everything you can imagine this woman has done um, for like over 35 years. And she said, well, I, you know, we do these show tours. So you go all over the country and you show your products and, you know, you're getting in front of a ton of buyers. Um, And so I didn't know her all of, you know, a day or two. And little did I know, about four days later, I got on a plane and met her in Los Angeles and started the trade show kind of tour with her and presenting my brand and really like sharpening up my sales skills and you know the selling apres and why you need apres in your boutique or why you need apres in your gym or you know why free people needs apres so I luckily you know was able to get connected with somebody who um, you know worked very closely with the wellness buyer and you know it's a back and forth sample process and um you know, I will never, it's one of the best days of my life when they finally say, okay, we're ready to get on a call. And when you get on a call and you have the Wellness Buyer and you have the VP and you have yourself, I remember just like, you know, pitching and talking about it and thinking, you know, okay, it's okay if they don't take me right away. But yeah. the fact that I'm even having this conversation is just mind blowing. Like I'm just, I'm okay with whatever the outcome is. And they said, okay, well, we're going to go ahead and bring you on. And the ear, the tears just I was about to say. swelled up. <laughs> and I said, okay, I'm going to go and cry now. And they're like, oh, we don't want you to cry. I'm like, no, 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 happy tears. Like, this yeah. is just, oh, this is the best day of my life. I'm, you know, I just am so obsessed with free people. Yeah. And I think, you know, it was a massive inspiration between, you know, but behind my brand colors, behind my name, my font, everything. I ultimately wanted to be in Free People. That was just like the biggest goal of mine. And um, it's doing so well. I mean, the brand has only been on there a couple of days and it's just crazy to see. So I'm very, very grateful. I'm so grateful to the people that, you know, have seen me kind of try and navigate the space and, you know, believe in me. And like you said, you just have to take every opportunity for what it is. And 
I promise you it'll work out in some way or another. And I've learned so much about, you know, just staying on top of business and how I describe my brand and, you know, how to put yourself out there. You know, if you're in a in a room and you don't know anybody, you have to go up to someone and compliment them and say, hey, like, can we spark up a conversation? Turns out, turns around, it could be the Nordstrom buyer. You know, you just have yeah. no idea. Yeah. So it's just, like I said, kind of to what we spoke about earlier is having confidence in yourself and having confidence in your brand and you are going to go so far because there's really no one else that can sell your brand better than you. you. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just so, so important to trust your to trust your gut and to just keep going. And that's what we're doing. You can feel the passion. I just started tearing up when she said that because I can only imagine when you're so, even sometimes with this podcast, like having guests like you, it's just kind of one of those moments that you're just like, there's, a, it's a different level of gratitude yeah. for everything that you've dreamed of or going after the things that you want. And then it starts to come to life in front of you and you're like, oh, this is everything that's been Happening. in my brain for years and years and years, decades. And it's like, once yeah. it comes to fruition, you're just like, holy, it's one of those like, holy shit moments, especially when it's passion driven. I think confidence comes from doing hard things and probably a few failures in between. What's been the biggest obstacle that you've had to overcome since launching Abray? Um, you know, I've had two pretty big opticals, one on the business side and some more personal, but definitely, you know, production there are you have to trust your brand and your business into other people's hands once you get off of the sampling process and it's very much you know production and we produced our first product our cool and glow towelettes in korea and so dealing with the language barrier dealing mm-hmm. with um different time zones dealing with um, cargo and shipping and getting your product delayed out into the middle of the ocean and not knowing when it's going to show up and launch strategy and plans and so that was definitely tough. I mean, there was a point there where I thought my money is gone and this this isn't going to happen for me. And very, very many – there was a lot of times where that almost happened and it just wasn't going to happen. And there was just so many issues with the first run of my products that I thought – I don't know that I am going to be able to get out of this. And, you know, thank God for the support of my family because I, it has, it was very emotionally tough because I had already put in like a good year and a half of just every single day, grind, grind, grind. And it's almost at that point, like where you've completed a sample and the product needs to get made. And then there's just so many kind of hiccups that again, like you're out of your control. And yeah, it's very much to the point of like just trust that everything is going to happen the way it is. And so, you know, there's just, there's a lot of tears. There's a lot of self-doubt, but um, you know, that was a really difficult time because I had never done anything like this before. I'd always worked yeah. for a company that, that, that there was a team that mm-hmm. literally did that for them. So, um, you know, to do that by myself and to feel very isolated in that situation was incredibly scary, but I, you know, it all panned out. And I think, if that taught me anything is to really have great relationships with your suppliers and to always communicate and make sure that you're on top of things and, you know, make sure you read all of the rules that you have to comply by and just, you know, just have a second also set of eyes to look over everything because there's so much that gets thrown at you. And if you, you get somebody to kind of say, okay, like, let's double check this. Um, it'll make your life so much easier. What advice would you give for someone that's going through a similar challenge or a big hurdle in their business, or maybe it's in their personal life right now on holding on and not letting that be the end of a dream? You know, I think, I mean, it's my biggest advice is give yourself 
a ch- take take a chance on yourself um, because there's you're gonna there's always gonna be another excuse as to why you can't do something. There's always gonna be another person. There's always gonna mm-hmm. be another comparison. You're gonna look and say, oh well, this person does it so much better. They're like, there's no way I could even come close to that. Like, why even try? Um, those are things that I would tell myself all the time. But then you have to cut to like you like I've said before, like you have to have a relationship that that you are able to kind of have with yourself that you say, you know what, I can move past these obstacles. I can move past these challenges and honestly look at it like you're going to brain camp and thinking like okay if I can do this I can get through this and almost map out like Mm -hmm. make yourself like a big like just kind of cog of how you want those next steps to go and I'm a very much like I love when January comes around and I can make my new year's resolutions and (laughs) I know that nobody ever follows them probably only three weeks into it but I I have looked back at my resolutions for my business and I've almost completed all of them. I mean, there's, it's definitely changed, but I think it's so important for you to put pen to paper on what you want to envision for your life because it's actually kind of magical. Like Mm. if if you manifest what you want out of your life and, um, you know, just putting pen to paper or talking about it on a podcast or having a, you know, conversation with a friend, putting it out there to the universe there is something to Mm -hmm. that. And I think that, um, you know, it's just, I think that's the biggest advice that I would probably give someone is, you know, manifest, manifest what you want and design your life. I am going to do an episode in January. I need to see if a few things, but I put out that I was going to move to Austin. I wanted to start a business and there was no irony in the fact that I lost my job two months later. And every single one of my mentors, everyone's around me. Like, I think this is pushing you into entrepreneurship. And the questions always, it was why this, this, I have all the questions. I'm like, I just have this weird inner knowing that it's like, once you put it out there, things start to move in your favor. And the bad things are like losing my job. I was a hot mess. I'm like, it's always leading you to a different path of where you really need to go and you just hit the nail on the head like once you put those things out there once you put the pen to the paper you're getting clear and you're bringing those subconscious things into your conscious mind of like this is what I want to create and your body and your mind are naturally going to put you into situations to achieve the things that you want to achieve I swear by all of that yeah I do too and I think that you know, your hardest day is going to be the best day of mm-hmm. your life because of what happened. And I feel like there's this, somebody said this to me the other day, you know, a lot of times you can internalize, you know, fear or failure and you just, you don't deal with it. But I think a lot of times if you are in tune with your emotions and you allow yourself that breakdown, it's going to be a breakthrough versus oh. a breakdown. And you're going to get through something and you're going to move on to the next phase. And I love that and there are times where a good cry is so important Mm -hmm. because you just need to kind of get through it and you need to you know I know that on the other end of this is going to be something more beautiful 1000% breakdown to breakthrough that's something that I've taught myself I usually power through I don't allow myself to sit and feel but I when I do allow myself it's shorter term sadness or whatever that emotion is it's a lot shorter term even if it's like three days and then you're over it. like I gave myself a week after my job after that I'm like you have to move on and yeah. really taking the week to fully feel and then after that move on I feel like a completely different person I'm so glad that I actually took that time to be still mm-hmm. yes. and allow myself to feel so that I could move on yeah in terms of success how has the idea of success changed for you over the last year or two whether it's positively uh or maybe it's changed in a way that you didn't expect after becoming an entrepreneur this is a really good one because i think um in the 
world of social media, I am, you know, a victim to everybody, but you just are comparing yourself to Mm -hmm. every single person. And whether it's another entrepreneur or, you know, another influencer that you follow on social media. And I think that a lot of times I would look at other business owners that were launching either around my time or, you know, before that and they had a certain amount of followers or they got a certain amount of partnerships or they, you know, raised a certain amount of capital or they got into this retailer. And I think once you launch your own business, that all goes out the window. You ultimately feel like, yes, you want to set goals for yourself and for your business. But I think ultimately it's it's making realistic goals and finding that kind of balance between motivating yourself and then kind of tuning out the noise of canceling everything else out and really kind of trying to kind of stay on the straight and narrow path of what's what it means to be successful for yourself and you know it's not necessarily going to be a dollar amount or it's not mm-hmm. necessarily going to be like having to be featured on Forbes like you know it's really ultimately what is it gonna, that's going to make you feel proud of yourself and your business at the end of the day? So, yes, I definitely feel like my perspective has changed on that. I thought, you know, by this time I needed to be in A, B, and C. That's totally different now. I mean, but it's also gone in the positive for me. I thought yeah. because I've said, you know what, I'm going to not give myself all these expectations. And, you know, to say that I'm in free people now is is actually insane. So yeah. I think, um, you know, I had to to shift my perspective and not being like I need to keep up with the Joneses and feel like just overly exhausted because I am sick of comparing myself to somebody else. And that is probably was my biggest, you know, weakness for many, many years. I just always felt like, oh, my gosh, they have more than that or Mm -hmm. they have more than me or. Uh, you know, my business is never going to get there, all this stuff. And then you just really get to a point, And I think through kind of the meditation and be, having that better relationship with yourself ultimately will lead you to be able to kind of redefine what it means to be successful for yourself and for your business. If there's one thing, the most important thing you think for people, it, it it's unanimous across the board. I just listened to a podcast the other day. They're super big podcasters serial entrepreneurs and they said the exact same thing like we still have imposter syndrome and we Mm -hmm. still look around and compare ourselves is there one thing that you want to tell the audience on alleviating that or trying to minimize imposter syndrome or comparing yourself because i think whether you're an entrepreneur listening to this or you're not it's Mm -hmm. something that applies to every single area of your life I think it's focusing on what you have got going on for yourself. I think it's really putting the focus into what is most important and that's your business. If that's what's most important to you or if you're an athlete or whatever it may be, focus on your immediate happiness because no one's going to make you as happy as you're going to make yourself. Like you have to ultimately Mm -hmm. be comfortable with that. So I think it's really um, focusing on that because I think that's really what helped me is understanding that I don't have control over the things that I can't control I can control what's going to happen with my business. I can control how I'm going to wake up every morning and taking those steps to better myself is ultimately going to just make me flourish in other ways. What's the best piece of advice that you've ever gotten that you want to leave the audience with? Um, My best piece of advice. Oh gosh, there's been so many pieces of advice in the last. Give one personal, one professional if you have a lot. Okay. Um, One professional is you know understand that you can't do everything and give yourself a break in the sense that you know I'm not going to be perfect in all elements of my business but if there's something that you love and that you have massive passion 
double down on that and I promise that things will kind of fall where they may. The chips will fall where they may. And then also I just love kind of leading by just taking one step in front of the other because I think if you can kind of bring it down to a very simplistic way of thinking is just one step, one day, getting through that day and then taking the next step for the next day, you're going to feel like life is just a little bit more manageable. Um, And then personal is surround yourself with like-minded people that really ultimately want to see you succeed because um that is it's you need to you need that support system when mm-hmm. you when you run a business you need the people that are gonna you know cheer you on and um also just not sugarcoat the bad things in life too they they you need those kind of trustworthy people and i think once you get into entrepreneurship those are few and far between and so when you find those people that really have your your back you know keep them around it's. I think it's hard to find in all of life. I like, always like to say you kind of attract the people and people in my close circle. Like I've always been a little bit more direct and I don't sugarcoat things, but it's always out of love. It's never out of wanting to hurt someone. And so I try to give that out so that that's something that I receive. But I think you hit the nail on the head. I think there's a lot of people that want to tear you down and it's finding those right people yeah. around you. Absolutely. Thank you so much for being on this podcast. I want you to pimp yourself out. So where can people find you? Where can they find your brand? So you can find me at Lexi Hankson. I, um, you know, I don't know if I'm that interesting on Instagram, but (laughs) please come and check me out. Um, And then you can find my baby at AfriBeauty.co and on TikTok at AfriBeauty. Okay, perfect. And then the final question that I ask every single person is, Lexi, what are you grateful for today? And what I'm grateful for today is um, the community of women that I've met since launching this business. I have met some amazing, wonderful, talented entrepreneurs, and um, it has just been kind of an amazing experience to dive into a new version of myself and to meet other like-minded women that um, lift me up and make me feel like I'm a better person. So I'm so eternally grateful. Thank you to everybody that's come into my life over this last year. I have no words to describe how happy and grateful I am. Oh, you can feel the energy across <laughs> the uh, table here. And I am grateful for this podcast. I love interviewing people. I feel like just listening to her today, you could tell that the light and the passion behind your brand is the same that I have for this podcast. So thank you so much for thank being on. For this is an amazing conversation. <laughs> this was really, really fun.